Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Let's begin with the president's address today. He had a press conference on the economy, basically why inflation is eight, whatever, eight and a half percent or whatever it is. He's blaming Trump supporters. He blamed these ultra extreme MAGA supporters, whatever that means. I mean, what does that mean? He's blaming the supporters of the prior president for inflation, for the economy being in the tank. He can talk about all the jobs that have been created. That's all bogus. Many of these people were hired back after the pandemic ended. And the pandemic is over, by the way. I'm not saying you can't catch COVID, but it's no longer a pandemic. Fewer and fewer people are being hospitalized because of it. Fewer and fewer people are dying. I'm not saying you can't catch it, but it's not the reason the economy's in the tank. It's not COVID. It's not Trump. It's not MAGA supporters. It's not the Rick Scott uh, economic bill. He's blaming Rick Scott, who's now a member of Congress, Republican member of Congress, for the economy. I heard Jen Psaki out there today. It's like, these people are nuts. They expect the American people to believe them, evidently, and maybe half the country does believe them. And they're blaming COVID. Oh, the pandemic. They will blame anything and everything. Biden will do this. He blames everybody for the problems facing this country, everybody but himself and his own idiotic policies. It's democratic governance that is leading to all of our social ills, or most of them. They're making the problems we have worse. You know, I, I read something recently, and I'm, I'm writing a piece on this uh, in, on the PAC perspective, that liberals are they're blaming COVID for violent crime. I was reading a piece, the FBI was quoted, FBI statistics. It was Yahoo News. This guy wrote a piece, and he attempted to show the homicide rate jumping 30% in 2020 compared to 2019. Then he lists a series of recent mass shootings. A gunman in D.C. opened fire at a college prep school. Four people were wounded. A mall shooting in South Carolina the same week wounded 10 and and on and on it goes. Back in April, there was a subway shooting in, in Brooklyn. Left over a dozen people wounded. And he's blaming COVID. People being pent up and, you know, locked away for all these months. It's like, that's not the reason for all the bloodletting. It's lawlessness. These Democrats who run major cities and some of the blue states are letting criminals go free. Cat, no, no cash bail. Put the criminals back on the streets. So anyway, uh, I, I listened to the president about all I could take of him, about two, three minutes. And I, all the lies and the uh, accusations that Trump is somehow the reason for all the nation's ills. It's like, how can anybody watch this and actually believe anything he's saying? But he he looks at the camera, lies. He doesn't even sound good anymore. He can't even lie that well. And we're supposed to believe him. Anyway, I'll, I'll come back to this in a minute. I want to get over get a few things that happened over the weekend uh, out of the way first. I haven't spoken to you in a week. And uh, there was a there's an event every every year, first couple of weeks in May here in Albany, New York. I'm upstate New York, but I mean, if, uh, in Albany, capital of New York State, there's what's called the Tulip Festival. It's beautiful. If, you know, there are tulips all over the place. The Washington Park is where most people go to see the tulips, and they, they're quite beautiful. And every year they name a tulip queen. The mayor gets out there, Mayor Kathy Sheen was out there this year, naming the tulip queen. And for the first time in history, Albany's tulip queen is non-binary. Now, I'm not up on all the all the terms for people who are unsure of their sexuality. I don't care. Frankly, I mean, God made two genders, male and female. 
So I had my daughter, Madeline, make a you know a brief list of some of these terms because I don't know what they mean, frankly. I mean, I'm 63 years old. I don't know what you know non-binary means. I guess it means that she's not sure. Cisgendered, a cisgendered male. CIS means you're normal. You like women. A cis, why not just say I'm normal? But you got to say, you have to put something in front of it. Cisgendered male, cisgendered female, transgender, non-binary, which the tulip queen is, lesbian, pan, I know what a lesbian is, uh, pansexual, bisexual, asexual, and you can use all kinds of pronouns that don't have to be regular English. And she lists the pronouns, and there are like dozens of them. It's like, you're, this is insane. So the, the, the tulip queen, and it, to me it looks as though she is, she's female, but she's not quite sure. She doesn't want you to know that whether she's male or female. I mean, why is that? What difference does it make? If you're a queen, you're a female, in my book. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Uh, did you see the Kentucky Derby Saturday? Probably one of the most exciting Kentucky Derbies ever run. And a long shot, this 80 to 1 shot, gets the trip of his life, and he won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I can't think of the jockey's first name, but Leon is his last name. He piloted Rich Strike to a three-quarter length victory in Saturday's run for the Roses. The two favorites, Epicenter and Zandon, finished second and third, respectively. Strike it rich, blared one headline, I think it was in the New York Post. But a $2 bet, I was thinking about this, because I'm not a betting man. I bet $10 on a 20 to 1 shot about 30 or 40 years ago at the harness track, the Saratoga harness track, and I made 200 bucks. And I went out to you know, eat with a friend of mine, and we had a, we had a great time. But a $2 bet would have gotten you back $163 in change in winnings. And if you plopped down 10 bucks, You'd have won, you would have won about $815. I mean, uh, the race was incredible. I, mean, I love the Kentucky Derby. It's the granddaddy of them all. The first leg of the Triple Crown. The Preakness will be in a couple of weeks. And that's a mile and three sixteenths. And the uh, Belmont Stakes is a mile and a half. The, the uh, Derby's a mile and a quarter, I believe. And uh, there are no you know exceptional horses. I mean, they're all exceptional horses. There are no really solid Triple Crown favorites this year. Anyway, a great race, and uh, hopefully the Preakness is as exciting. Jill Biden, Jill, the First Lady, visited Ukraine on over the weekend. Actually, Mother's Day she was there. And the president has yet to visit. But like any liberal, he sends women to do his, his dirty work. Nancy Pelosi has already met with uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. They should have dropped Jill in Mariupol as long as, as long as she was there. I mean, drop her right in there. But I mean, here, here's, uh, why would the first lady be sent and not the president? I mean, it, it's, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite get it. On to abortion. Polls suggest some people who support Roe versus Wade do not fully understand what it entails. That's according to Reasons Jacob Sullum. In a Gallup survey, 63% said the Supreme Court should not overturn Roe, but 54% thought that their own states should pass a law banning abortion after 15 weeks. The exact issue in the case that generated the draft ruling. The key question is not what most Americans think about abortion, but whether the Constitution guarantees a right to abortion or imposes limits on state regulation of abortion. That's the issue. The leaked opinion and the oral arguments indicate most of the justices think it does not. 
And Alito's opinion on Roe, which was written, by the way, in February, created, and, and, and Alito is of this mind, and the other conservative justices are of the same mind, that uh, Roe created a constitutional right that does not exist. That is the opinion of a majority of the high court's members. And by the way, this is all a diversion to get America to focus on anything and everything but the economy, which is slow to a crawl, as we talked about up top. I mean, prices are higher for, ever, for everything from food, fuel, I mean, just about every commodity. But the Biden administration and the media don't want you to recognize, they want to get you sidetracked. So they, they bring up the old chestnut abortion. I'm not saying abortion is murder in my view. But most Americans care about the economy. That's number one. It's always number one. And Democrats are unlikely to see any surge of angry abortion rights voters that they're hoping for during the midterms. Because this Supreme Court leak is mostly, it's a desperate, opportunistic attempt to deflect attention from the biggest challenge this year, and that's the economy. Biden and the Democrats have turned a strong economy. Trump left one of the strongest economies in our nation's history. Now it's damaged. And every other issue, including abortion, according to polls, pales in most voters' minds. But, you, you know, you can't blame Democrats if I were a Democrat and now we're desperate as they are. I'd try anything, too. They're pulling out all the, all the stops here. And the uh, Biden team doesn't care at all about these angry mobs that have gone to the homes of the, of the uh, six of the Supreme Court justices to protest the likely overturning of Roe versus Wade. I was reading in The Hill that this leftist group, Ruth Sentis, published the addresses of the six justices, including several with, uh, with children at home. So pushed on whether that's extreme or not, Biden's spokesman Jen Psaki said, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. Well, I'll, I'll, here's what it is. Federal law prohibits pickets or parades with intent of influencing any judge if it's in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge. They're going to these judges' homes. That's a violation of federal law. By not condemning it, Biden and his administration are tacitly approving the intimidation of justices of the high court at their homes, which is unbelievable. But this is what liberals have wrought. I'm going to read you something here from Daniel McCarthy at Spectator World. Conservatism will look like Frederick Nietzsche meets Beavis and Butthead if things continue. Conservatism draws its strength from four forces, Christianity, Heartland patriotism, the philosophy of Edmund Burke, Adam Smith, and the Founding Fathers, and revulsion against the left. But as religious identification falls and Heartland patriotism is redefined as hate, philosophical conservatives can only complain. Progressives have a near monopoly on cultural power and hegemony in corporate America. Yet conservatives aren't disappearing in politics. With the GOP sure to make gains this year, the more power the left gains, the more obvious its failures become, and the more it gives rein to its despotic desires. That's what was written by, again, Daniel McCarthy in Spectator World. Americans are really noticing how ludicrous Democrats' policies are. They are the party of, of abortion. They're the party of death. We're the party of life, the Republican Party and conservatives. We love life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Democratic Party is a party of death, high taxes, a weak military, bloated government, unbelievable.
All right, let's uh, let's see what haven't we covered here yet. I want to talk. I've mentioned the uh, Kentucky Derby, Jill Biden, the Tulip Festival being non-binary. I guess that's about it. I guess that's about it. Uh, there are a couple of things here for Mother's Day. I didn't get to do what I wanted to do on Mother's Day, but there was a a beautiful quote from Denzel Washington, one of the fine actors in America today. And I saw this. Somebody sent it to me. I think it was on Instagram. It's a little thirty-second blurb of him. And he gets choked up. Uh, he said, a mother is a son's first true love. A son, especially the first son, is a mother's last true love. Now, I'm, I'm the firstborn in my father's family. And I was always accused by my younger siblings of being mom's favorite. So I can't, I can't speak to that. But I know that uh, a mother is truly a son's first, first true love, I believe. It was kind of touching. And he broke down when he, when he delivered it. But anyway... <clears throat> One final thing. I should have left you left with that note, but I wanted to get this in too. Uh, President Biden's next press secretary once called on Democratic presidential candidates to boycott the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, or APAC's annual convention. This woman, Corinne Jean-Pierre, former activist with MoveOn.org. She's the new spokesman for, for Biden. She's going to replace Jen Psaki. I don't know when. I thought Psaki was already out of there. So Jean-Pierre will become the first black woman and first openly homosexual person in the job. That's big. She's homosexual, LGBTQ, whatever, you know, homosexual. So three years ago, this Jean-Pierre endorsed pressure by MoveOn.org on Democratic Party presidential candidates to boycott the annual APAC conference. And she ripped APAC and she ripped APAC for not being uh, progressive enough and being you know, racist, what else, right? So she's the new press secretary. For Joe Biden. How apropos. All right, that's going to do it to it. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if you like the program, let us know. Hit hit like, hit subscribe, and uh, hit that share button. Share this with your friends and, and colleagues if you're on social media. And uh, do that. You can share us on Facebook and on Instagram. And tell your friends about us, too. Go to the bmgnetwork.com. We have a host of fine podcasters up there. Kenny Burns does a fine show each week. Adrian Ross, this program, my daughter Madeline with The Essentials by with Maddie Flint. And uh, we have some other things, too, in the work. So check it out, thebmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's pacman at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we'll talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.